Alec, what's going on? Are we starting? Mm-hmm. That's, yep, <laughs> me speaking. Wait, what? What? Oh, hi. How's it going? Yeah, yes. How are you? <laughs> wow. Well, you you're telling me you're, 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 telling me you're not tired? You want to start that one again from <laughs> the top? Don't deny your tiredness. Let's, let's Alec, start that one from the top. Alec, what's going on? Oh, you know, I was just finishing up uh, roasting some opponents, some noobs uh, in my 3D per first-person shooter game. Oh. How did I get to such an amazing thing? I didn't even have to put a quarter in the coin slot to get that high score that I got in that game. I know what you mean. Because um, yeah. we care so much about the high scores on first-person shooters these days. Right? Yeah, we t- yeah. totally do. Absolutely. Very applicable. My KDR, bro. You know, mm. I was like, I had like a probably a six KDR, uh, which I don't know if that even makes sense when I think about it, but it's, whatever. It does. You could have six kills, one death. It's a six KDR. Okay. Yeah. But okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on friggin' fire, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well... This, isn't this the antithesis to that though? High score. I feel like I guess high score handled it with a bit of respect. I feel like um, it handled handled what gaming, uh, retro gaming. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's um, it was it was quite quite good. I, I quite I enjoyed it. Uh, definitely, it was a good a good docu series. Um, like it was a nice little surprise just to see this on, my, on the front page one day. Yeah, I I, yeah, I didn't, I hadn't heard anything, uh, uh, like anything about this, like in development or being produced or anything. Um, and we have some really like great interviews with people that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Yeah, like Um, I didn't know what to expect going into it, but I was definitely not expecting like these deep cuts they got in here. I was yeah. expecting all surface level stuff, you know. It's like yeah, I, I particularly knowing that Netflix was behind uh, Netflix is behind a documentary called Enter the Anime, which if you have heard of oh, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. do not watch it. It is absolute trash um, because they have this caliber of um, of like talent in the anime industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interviews tell us absolutely nothing. They're as surface level and as cash grab as you can get because basically it's just Netflix being like, let's advertise about all of the anime that you can watch on Netflix. Right. <laughs> not not about anything like interesting about or, or insight into the industry, um, particularly when there there's actually an element that's kind of disgusting um, where some people are talking about like how like how cons- um, how all-consuming the animation industry is in Japan, where it's like, I wish I had more time off, or like, mm-hmm. I wish I had more of a life and stuff. And, and they frame it like, wow, what amazing passion these people have that they're willing to give this up. And it's like, no, they don't have a choice. Like, if you, if you love, like, if you're trying to be in animation, it's kind of horrible like what the industry does it basically chews you up and spits you out it's it's a pretty it's a brutal industry to work in Mm -hmm. um and like i think it's more of just ignorant i i would rather say that they did it out of ignorance rather than like they're actually like trying to frame it like 
skirted, skirted aside the problems with the animation industry in Japan. Um, they probably just didn't care or or know or care. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of like get away with ignorance, I guess. But uh, don't watch it. This is a much better, far better produced documentary. Um, yeah. With with worthwhile interviews uh, from pretty spectacular uh, people in the industry. Yeah, I mean, a, a couple of things. The production value is great. Yeah. I mean, they do like there's different interpretations of documentaries. Like you can have different, very different styles you can go with. And this one went with like dramatic, like <laughs> like literally someone playing uh, space invaders in the stars. <laughs> yeah. Themselves, which is like. With Becky Heineman doing that. It seems really wacky, cool. but then it's, it works actually in presentation. Most of the yeah. stuff does. Because um, it, it handles it with a certain amount of integrity, which is what I appreciate. Because yeah. I feel like this is something that mainstream, casual viewers could actually watch and be like, oh, and learn to appreciate some retro gaming stuff, you know? Stuff about because... the, yeah, the, the, the early days of, of video games and sort of the development through onto more modern times because you and i are deep in the retro gaming world like we've been in the retro gaming sphere for years but for a lot of people this could be their first exposure to it in uh, any like specific sense like historical yeah i mean yeah we got our bread and butter back back in the early youtube days that was basically the scene was about just about retro games right yeah so um that was like in the Algen gamers podcast which me and you both listen to quite a lot religiously um back in the day um we kind of yeah cut our teeth on that stuff so yeah we definitely know know knew about like a lot of stuff going in um, that being said, there was I think still it's, new it's stuff packaged. I took away from. Oh, it. oh, absolutely! There was stuff I was I was so happy uh, when they talked about the Fairchild Channel F. Mm-hmm. That was that was amazing, yeah. and I, and, they, and I didn't know the story behind, like the sort of the story behind it, and that was just what a what an incredible story. Like I, I I'm really, it's kind of it's actually a little sad, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was very impressed that they they highlighted stuff like that and there's other things like that that they did in, in the documentary so just, yeah just highlighting little things that you wouldn't yeah. expect to be in there because you know they touch on the big things like mario pac-man and whatnot yeah what do you expect and those are yeah. still done really well but mm-hmm. then there's just random things thrown in like gay blade yeah which <laughs> i like yeah out of I, nowhere yeah literally never heard because they went and they hunt down these people like they were like we want this guy to talk about gay blade okay just and they just yeah. work it into the narrative. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, like, going into it, I was like, I don't know where they're going with this. Like, it's called High Score. Is it about, like, arcades specifically? Or is it going to be about competitive, like, the founding of competitive stuff? But then it just kind of turned into each episode is almost independent of each other. They each tell, like, their own uh, story they are and they do sort of still frame it with this idea of high score and competition and every episode has an element of that in it for sure yeah like they'll talk about um, something historical in like gaming development and then it'll just randomly be like a little bit of competitive thing like the Sega world championships gets in there yeah, yeah. which is so it's like a, an undertone of competitiveness but also like each of these rock could be the, watched the rock the rock own. competition rock the rock yeah was so, that was so wild. I can't believe 
I didn't really know much about the Sega World, Cham- World Championship, so like yeah, they went to Alcatraz. Yeah, it was like what? And happening? they broadcast it on MTV. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Like good, good for them, you know. But uh, I, yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> like they're, they they're went locked to them, put them into the jail outfits. They're locked them up. Yeah, that's crazy. They ushered ushered them off in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was wild. But yeah, I just. So there's still some things that are missing, like from big key points of uh, retro gaming, which mm-hmm. is almost like they could do a future season maybe if they wanted to, and I would I wouldn't mind it. There's more there, but it's just kind of it's kind of a loose ending too. It's not like you have to end it here. Yeah, because like there's some big things that are missing, like Tetris. I was surprised Tetris they, didn't they, get a big. They talked. They talked about Tetris. They didn't really like go super into it. It was more. They mentioned it, like because it, it came yeah. into play during the Nintendo World Championships. They talked a lot about Tetris, um, but they didn't like go super into like that's that's a whole other documentary series. And I feel like Norm, the gaming historian, has done. I did like, he did like an hour long documentary on that. Highly recommend going to watch that. By the way, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that do yourself a favor and go watch it because he did an amazing job with that. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the story of Tetris is, is its own thing altogether all uh, yeah. anyway. So. And obviously there's more after where they ended too. They didn't even get into the N64 era. So if they wanted to do that, they could. Yeah. So I was, I was actually a little miffed. Mm-hmm. It was probably un, unreasonably so, but it was because when they were talking about RPGs, uh, yeah, they highlighted i mean i love final fantasy don't get me wrong i think final fantasy is amazing um big fan but dragon quest uh, dragon quest doesn't have here's the thing dragon quest doesn't have as much of an international appeal mm-hmm. yoshitaka mano is probably a lot better known uh in terms of like just because of the final fantasy name um so because of that i i think that that art probably has a little bit broader i would maybe broader appeal it's hard i don't know it's hard to be as more more broad appeal than um than akira toriyama with dragon quest because obviously toriyama did dr slump dragon ball um and dragon quest which are like the you know dragon quest being being pretty big deal um like that was that was to me it was like it was like it felt like they were there was only part of the story they were really telling with final fantasy because it was like yeah final fantasy was inspired by uh by ultima but it was like but they were really inspired by dragon quest they were wanting to make a game like dragon quest yes they were inspired by ultimate much like dragon quest was but they were also very inspired by dragon quest <laughs> mm-hmm. um and like it was like maybe maybe they just couldn't get akira uh, toriyama to interview yoshitaka amano's with final fantasy you have get more of that highlight to highlight that it's a little bit better known than dragon quest um but i mean if you're gonna highlight like unknown stuff i i wish they had done that because the the pc gaming like ultima uh being as influential as it was like that that that's a whole other topic too of like how the west developed their rpgs versus how uh japan did because the, they took completely different sort of they, they had completely different takes on the same influence from the same thing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a... I was a little bit like, you could have done that. You could have talked more about Dragon Quest because I feel like that's an interesting thing 
on its own because Dragon Quest led to the whole slew of Japanese RPGs. Um, yeah. It's very very different from Ken and Roberta Williams games, very different from um, from Ultima and and uh, and so on. But but yeah, I mean that was just a small nitpick. I also felt like Ken and Roberta Williams sort of like a, a like they brought them up and they introduced that whole segment and then they just kind of like fell off the face of the earth for the rest of the last half of that episode. I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, it... they did a ton. Sierra is just like, you could do a whole documentary on Sierra. Yeah. Like they did some weird things with the narrative where it was like, you get like a little tiny tidbit of this and then it goes over to, you know, com- random competitive event or something so it was yeah. kind of weird at times but i guess they really wanted to have that through line of the competitive stuff yeah so they kind of prioritized that mm-hmm. also worth noting that charles martinet did the uh narration for this yep so you have mario uh basically narrating the whole thing in his in his normal voice he's not he doesn't go like woohoo or but anything. He, he did well. Thing. I found a couple times where he pronounced things like <laughs> noticeably weirdly to me. I'm like, what? I wish I had written them down, but there were a couple times I was like, that's not. That can't be right, right? <laughs> it and, can't be oh, right. and am I? Is this just a thing I didn't know? Or, or were fighting games known as fight games? Some people refer to them as that. Yeah, I was like, ooh, I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I don't like that. If either. you've ever played a fight game. You'll like, <laughs> you mean a fighting game <laughs> or a fighter? Yeah, uh, a fight game. Yeah, I don't know. It's that that was a little weird. But there um, were a couple of things. That was the like... that was like the script. It was yeah. a problem with the script more than anything. And they also talked about the night trap stuff, the ESRB founding. They talked a little bit about yeah. that. That was that was fun. No, I actually really liked the night trap segment because it was like, yeah, yeah. It was it was so clear that none of those people had played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was fun. And I, I, like, surprisingly enjoyed, um, the, the Madden stuff. Like, that's obviously not something I, uh, care much for in terms of actually gaming, but it's still interesting. Like, I just find it cool that they reached out to these people, because it's like, you take this guy who's, like, so far removed from gaming now, like, the, the people that were integral to Madden and things like that and just yeah. make them come back and like they're still passionate about it at school yeah it was it was interesting yeah getting that sort of like him talking with with john madden about this like really introducing him to the concept of having a sports game and john madden being like no you gotta have 11 players because it's not football without 11 players mm-hmm. you know so it's like that's that's awesome like getting getting the whole backstory and stuff like that is really cool and i i like that as well um and I obviously really loved all the Nintendo stuff too. Yeah, uh, Nintendo stuff was was a big thing. They didn't call the Genesis the Mega Drive. I don't know why they never mentioned the fact that the Genesis was called the Mega Drive in mm-hmm. every other territory yeah. except the United States. I thought that was a little weird. Yeah, it was like the Genesis released in Japan. It's like no, the Mega Drive released in Japan. Yeah, because they made that distinction with the Famicom, right? Yeah, they talked about the Famicom. <laughs> yeah. They also yeah. so like other than other than like the big so other than the big big ones so you have PC personal computing Atari Sega Genesis Nintendo Entertainment System and Super Nintendo they didn't mention the Master System um, which was uh, Sega's other earlier console they didn't mention mm-hmm. 
any of the other sort of side consoles that came out. So you didn't mention like TurboGrafx-16. Um, they didn't mention like Japanese computers, which I mean, those are, or Amiga or like anything other than like, but again, I think those are kind of so ancillary. Those are maybe too ancillary to really kind yeah. of get the main thrust. Because there are only like 45 minute episodes. So I, I you know, you, you got to give and take a little bit. I, I recognize that. But like some, just like that fact alone was just strange to me that they didn't have like nothing about the Mega. No, it's called the Mega Drive everywhere but here in the States. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Overall, I thought it was really well done, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, give, give this a watch for sure. I've, I really, again, I really like the fact that they, they highlighted some more like unknown like less known stuff so yeah like about the fairchild channel f it's the first game console with interchangeable cartridges because the guy who like invented it was black and there wasn't a whole lot of people in the games industry at that period of time the games industry was fairly small but it was lucrative um mm -hmm. there weren't a lot of black people working in that industry and he was the one that came up with this whole interchangeable cartridge for your console thing um which i mean I, that's huge i mean obviously we have our libraries of games yeah. here so like that's that was just that was a really cool a big deal when when he came out with that so it's not a very known individual in terms of of games he's not somebody that has a lot of recognition unfortunately we obviously don't have his name with us right even right now like i can't remember his name off the top of my head Shame, um, yeah, shameful. But there's, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of a, the people that are like that too. Like I can't remember the guy behind Space Invaders. So they talked about Space Invaders being a huge deal in Japan. Um, so yeah, a big interviews with not just uh, English speakers, a lot of Japanese people. Uh, yeah. Hirozuka Tanaka, Hip Tanaka, because mm -hmm. um, he was a huge sound design guy, but he also is instrumental in. And like mother they didn't talk about this at all but he composed a lot of the music for mother and mother two and mother three um huge music guy um kind of like a kind of like a jack of all trades not jack of all trades a renaissance man sort of in in japan he's done i mean he's they showed him doing djing yeah um but he's like he's done other stuff he's had bands and things like that that are fairly well known in japan like he's sort of a, a little bit of a a minor big deal so <laughs> yeah, it's just cool to see these people like still passionate about it when they talk mm. about it and like in and especially the people that are so far removed from it and then yeah they get to talk about it again or like that marketing too. like the marketing director at nintendo yeah she's like she hasn't been working yeah. at nintendo for like two decades basically but um but she yeah. was like responsible for nintendo power yeah it's awesome <laughs> and they gave her the credit you know they give these people the credit that they're due yeah it's nice yeah. uh and even like little tidbits here and there like how they talked about how miyamoto would come over and smoke <laughs> smoke in their area and just say random things about like trees yeah at the, at the argon the two argonaut guys that were working in japan <laughs> yeah he, he was like yeah and our smoking room was like way away from her <laughs> and it was the place miyamoto would come and smoke yeah <laughs> That's it's just like, really funny. And it's a, that's just stuff you never, I've never heard before. And yeah, I'd never nice. heard about any of that. Yeah, it's amazing. So, like, I would like more of this. There's only six episodes. I wouldn't mind more of it. Yeah. Oh, also stuff about Doom. Doom is a Doom is a really big deal. Um, 
So I, I'm glad that they gave that its due as well. Um, yeah. Because yeah, just the way you approach things, like the whole Star Fox, how they they worked through how everything came to be was cool too. Yeah. Like the layers to it, and, and how Miyamoto was like, no, we can't. People will be confused if they got this whole have to worry about everything around them. So then, the whole ring thing was established, and then yeah, like how you, the animal characters straight, yeah. came in, and they were like, I don't know about these animals. See, and that, and then finally, once they once they realized, they're like, no, yeah, no, this was a good idea, and I'm so glad they did because I I I'm a huge like I love Star Fox so much, so, yeah. um, and like to me to me Star Fox is like Saturday morning cartoons. That's what I've always compared it to. It's basically just like a Saturday morning cartoon series that you get to to get to play. You get these an- goofy animal characters in the spaceships, and mm-hmm. you get this whole like story and everything. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, just imagine it easily easily could have been just the game is just the R wing by itself. Yeah. Just yeah, going just a, through rings. Yeah. And it's so different. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so what would you how would you rate this out of ten? I mean like do we even can we even rate this? Do we even rate this? Like I, I don't even really know what to give it. it has you to know? Be done. Like has to be done. Okay, I'll give it like an eight point five. Oh, that's it was, a, it was that's a pretty high score. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was really great. I, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I don't really know anything to say much against it. It's pretty I mean, good. it, it was a, it was a really solid series. Uh, I just, I kind of wish there was more. I wish there was a little bit more information about some things. They kind of glazed over some things that, like we said, that was a little scattershot sometimes with the, the editing. And I kind of got what they were doing for the most part in most episodes, but. Some of it was sort of like 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 with Ken and Roberta Williams, where they just sort of basically dropped their arc after the first ten minutes of the episode, and I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They were super influential, so I was like, I wish you could talk more, could talk more about them. But yeah, I wonder how I wonder how long their interviews were like on the the raw. Footage. Yeah, yeah, like I wonder how much more information they they got from from a lot of those. It would be it would be interesting because a lot. I mean, a lot of times when they're doing interviews like that. They usually interview people for like over two hours, sometimes more, depending on what they. Yeah, it could be a lot more. What it is, yeah. So, I uh, will give it a an eight point five. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I just took your score. I didn't oh, okay. Think, I didn't even think of one coming in, but it's like, I don't know. That seems right. Uh, yeah. It's r- right up there with Thor. It's right on par with Thor. You keep track of these. I don't even remember these till after after their after Thor. Their we both gave an eight point five, so we could say that yeah. this is just as good as Thor. Yeah, hard to say which one's better. Highly recommend watching it. It's yeah. a very it's a very good series. Um, even even with all the I would say all the knowledge we had, you still learn something. I still definitely learned yeah. something. Yeah, a lot of so. weird random things too. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, okay. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So, Zach, what video should people go watch after they finish this one? They should go watch our Thor review. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> why Why did we give it an 8.5? Why is it just as good as high score? Yeah, you'll just have to figure that out. Who Who has the highest... Who will get set a new high score? Find out next time. Find out on Tarkaron. Subscribe to our channel for um, more videos hit the notification bell just so you know when any new video is uploaded follow us on twitter at tarkron t-w-o subscribe to our podcast feed do it <laughs> that's it do it thank you thank you